look at your outline this morning, we're going to, uh, hopefully I got all the announcements. We're going to, um, you can read the bulletin. We're going to continue in the book of Ephesians. And we're going to start today with verse 11. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. That's where we're going to be um, just going through some things. But I am amazed as I'm going through this book myself. Um, I remember about 20 years ago I wanted to do this book study and I kind of put it off and I felt like the Lord wanted us to do this just because so many families are under attack like I've never seen before. Um, I had a call from a good friend of mine, Pastor Jeff Booth. Uh, his son plays uh, uh, for a university uh, basketball. He has a scholarship down in Florida. And this past week, I believe it was on a Monday, um, he couldn't breathe uh, on the court in practice. It was Jaden that, that this happened to his son. And uh, anyway, um, felt like his heart was exploding. And so they had to take him to the emergency room, found that part of his heart had enlarged and uh, uh, just a real scary thing. And so he's had to go through more testing. We've been praying for him. But keep Jaden in your prayers. Um, part of the thing is that uh, uh, they're not sure. They're looking at because, you know, college students, uh, athletes are being required to take uh, the vaccine. So the doctor down in um, Naples said, I do believe it's related to that. But we just need to, we just need to pray for a miracle because this young man loves Jesus. And, and, and he wants to do more for the kingdom of God. And so they told him, we're going to watch you. And then, um, uh, and if you have any chest pains or anything, you know, you're off the court. You're not going to. Uh, but they did release him to go back. So would you just agree with me in prayer? Lord, we just lift up Jaden Booth to you. Lord, he has a call on his life. He fills that call. He wants to do what you want him to do. But, God, we do believe that this is just an attack from the pit of hell. And I know it's got Terry and Jeff really worried. So we're asking, Lord, for just a miracle in Jaden's body right now. We're asking for your hands to just take that heart and strengthen it and be with him. Remove fear from parents, fear from him. And, God, we just need a miracle a creative miracle. We don't understand all this, but we just know, Lord, that, that you are bigger than this. And Lord, you told, you told us in Scripture that if we, if we accidentally drank any deadly poison, that God, you would take care of us. So we're just believing for a miracle in his body. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep him in your prayers. I'll keep you posted on that. But I just think it's something that um, we need to stay focused on and to make sure that we are allowing ourselves to be alert to all that's going on around us. Amen? Okay, let's look at verse 11, and we'll start there. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be, might be to be praise of his glory. In him you also... When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, 
that the God, our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance to the saints, and what is Immeasure, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority, the power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come and that he put all things under his feet and gave him as the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So, Lord, help us not only to be hearers of your word this morning, Jesus, we just ask, Lord, that we become doers of your word. And, Lord, we walk it out so that, Lord, we can produce fruit in your mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So God gave us an inheritance as adopted children of God, as Jews were given Israel under the Mosaic law, and the land that was given to them was a physical blessing, we get, and we talked about this last week, spiritual blessings, all spiritual blessings. And that's amazing that Jesus loves us so much that he's willing to do that for us. So, you know, in verse 3, it says we get spiritual blessings, not physical. So what is that? What is ours? What is ours? Well, what are our blessings? The answer to that is this everything. You and I get everything. God has blessed us with everything through Jesus Christ. And to guarantee that blessing, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. He's the guarantor. He's the, he's the one that's going to be the enforcement of that to make sure you and I understand how much God loves us. If you take Ephesians 1 and you fully start understanding it, it's really all about your identity in Christ. How much the Lord loves you. How much he wants to make a difference in your life. And I was thinking about some things this week, and I thought about um, God being with us. Can you guys uh, move over there and get to uh, Psalm 139 for me real quick? I just want to look at something in Psalm 139. Um, I know it's not in your notes, but I felt like that it was something that the Lord had put on my heart. And I thought, man, yeah, let's look at Psalm 139 real quick. And in this chapter, he talks about who we are. We know there's a scripture in Jeremiah about, he says, before I knew, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And Psalm 139 does the same thing. It talks about that. Now, let's just think about that this morning. If God knew you, if God has written a book about your life before you were ever brought into the womb. That is amazing. There is not an accident. Amen? You're not an accident. I want you to get, because this is really important with identity. When you understand, everybody look at their thumb. Just look at your thumb. Wiggle it at you, okay? Nobody else has that thumbprint. Only you. Out of billions of people, probably close to I guess, I think they guess 34 billion people have lived on the earth from the beginning of time. No other thumbprint. 
if you're not sure who you are in Christ and you're not sure that God really loves you, you need to look and say, I am marked with a special print. There is nobody else like me. And you, God, you pre prepared a book for my life just for me. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm special. Tell them again. Some of them didn't believe it. I am special. I am special. And when Jesus was on the earth and he was walking all around, accomplishing the Father's will, being led by the Spirit, doing what God had him to do, if you look at the life of Christ, it was an adventure. The disciples were like, oh, there he goes again. Okay, let's follow him. I don't know what's going to happen today. I hope he doesn't get us thrown into prison. I hope he doesn't get us. Why is he going to Samaria? Oh, he shouldn't go to Samaria. Man, those people are, we consider them much lower than us. Why is he going over there? Oh, no, they're going to. It was an adventure. Can I tell you that God wants you to live out his adventure for your life? And there's our, there are highs and lows of the adventure, but it, I, I I remember when we were starting the church and I was in that little office and we didn't have much and I kept it down to 60 degrees and I was the only one in that big old building that we were leasing and it was and I would get in there and I'd be praying and all of a sudden I'm like Lord where are we going today what is the adventure because I feel like I'm a disciple on the dusty trails. Where are you taking me today? And as you're out there, what is it you're supposed to do? Touch a leper. Touch blind eyes. Help the deaf to hear. Reach those around you. You never know where God's going to take you, and you don't know who you're going to impact. And if he made that thumbprint special and unique to you, how much more does he want to use you to further his kingdom and enjoy the adventure? I believe that Jesus laughed a lot. I believe he had a lot of fun with those disciples because he was the oldest of the group. They were all younger. And when you get around youth, man, it fires you up. There's times I just have to go over to Purdue University just because of the youth there. And it just stirs me up. I'm like, look at this energy. Look at this. Well, it used to be that way. Now it's just iPhone, iPad. But, but just being around them saying, man, I want to stay young at heart. I want to make a difference. I want to do that. I remember I was with my daughter having lunch, and I'm, we're walking by people. And I've told you this before, but it's so important. I said, watch this, baby. And I'm hey, how you doing? Beautiful day in the neighborhood. You doing good today? Hi, how are you? Not one student acknowledged me as I walked through campus. They had their earbuds in. They were on their phone. They were on their, and they didn't say, not, she goes, Dad, you're really embarrassing me. I said, just listen, you're really embarrassing me. I said, do you see, we are getting isolated. We're getting isolated. To me, I love technology. I love what it does, but I also know that the devil can use that to keep us feeling inferior if we're not careful. So be careful what you're doing. Be careful what's happening in your life. But then he told us not only are we to live the adventure, to do his will, to complete the book that he has for us, our life is a book, 
But he also said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I love you so much. I made you so special that I want you to go around in the adventure every day and start binding and loosing. Because I've given you that authority. You are co-heirs with Christ. Joint heirs, according to Romans. That means we have that authority to bind and to loose. I don't see many Christians binding and loosing anymore. And people need that. People need that. It's amazing to me what God wants to do. All that power through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. So you think about John the Baptist. And you think about what Jesus said about him. Adam's always quoting this. What did Jesus say about John the Baptist, Adam? There is none. No one born of a woman greater than John the Baptist. Matthew 11, 11. Matthew 11, 11. Nobody. Nobody born greater. He was really inferring not just to a prophet. He was inferring to no person. Jesus was saying, this guy is unbelievable. John, later on in life, a guy that Jesus bragged on, what's he do? In prison. He's low. He's down. He's not sure Jesus is who he is. What's that say to you and I? We will all have some days of doubt. If none greater than John had a day of doubt, what about us? Come on. We walk through stuff in life. John's in prison. Life got him down, and all of a sudden, he's having some doubt. But then he goes on to say, Jesus said, and this is what really gets to me. Jesus goes on to say, but the least of these that are in the kingdom of God the least, which he's talking about, you and I, the least of these that are in the kingdom of God will be greater than John. Come on, are you getting that this morning? That we have something better to do, and no matter how you feel about yourself, your insecurities, what you're looking at, Jesus said, you're a co-heir with me, and you're going to do greater things. Come on now. So when we look at Ephesians 1, and we look about Paul talking about our blessings that we're getting, all spiritual blessings, and then we're talking about here in 11 through 23, he's saying, and this is how I pray for you, this passage of Scripture is one of the passages that I try to pray every day that I've tried to pray for the last 15 years. And this is how I do it. I say, Lord... I pray blessings upon Shaloi. I pray give her wisdom, give her revelation. Lord, allow her, because I jump over to chapter 3 in Ephesians, allow her to know what is the width, the depth, the height, 
the length of your love and her. And then I, I pray that for Pastor Adam. And then I pray that I start listing people, and I, I prayed over myself, and I said, God, I need wisdom, your wisdom today. I need your revelation. I need to walk the path you want me to walk. I want to be in this adventure, but I want to make a difference in somebody's life. It's not about me, God. It's about you through me. Are you getting that this morning? So no matter what you've walked through in life, what junk has happened to you, who's come against you, who's lied against you, who's left you, who's denied you, what the boss has done. You are a joint heir with Jesus. And that's what Ephesians is talking about. And then it moves into our relationship with him as husbands, as wives, as fathers, as mothers, as children. And so he's encouraging us. So it's a tremendous book for you and I to learn from and to grab onto. Romans 8, 16, 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Now you might want to underline that, line, that, that word suffer. Because nobody wants to talk about that. When you walk in the joy of the Lord, you understand there is suffering in the journey. Some of you haven't spent 40 years suffering like Moses did. Some of you haven't spent 17 years suffering like David did, actually 20. Some of you haven't spent 13 years suffering like Joseph did. But God knew there was a purpose and a plan to get them. Some of you, you've lived with a monster. Your spouse. With a dirt bag. A person that you never thought would do things. That, can I tell you, in the process of your suffering, if you'll remain faithful in your prayers and your prayers for them, you will see a change down the road. Somebody say amen. amen. God is so good. Shloy's still believing for that. Some of you are believing that for your children, amen? It's coming. It's coming. You don't give up. You keep pressing in. You keep loving. You keep encouraging. You keep speaking the truth in love, amen? How many know family can come over and the devil just wants to get you in an argument? He's looking for that little crack don't put your fingers or toes in there. Don't start it. Don't bite into it. Just let it go. Just look at him and say, I have loved you from the day you were born. And I'm going to keep loving you. And leave it there. Amen? Now, some of you need to look at your spouses and say, Satan, I rebuke you right now. God never asked his followers to do something that Jesus wouldn't have done. 
Amen? As far as to walk into something. Jesus set the example. And the bigger the situation, the more you need to be praying. Verse 13. Let's get back there. Verse 13. In him... You also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is powerful because Paul's telling us, you believed and you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, and that is the next blessing. You got sealed with the Holy Spirit. When you received Christ, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, and being sealed, it cannot be taken. See, in those days, if you purchased something and it was being delivered, they would take your seal and put it in wax, hot wax, and people would know that was your seal. That went to you. It was sealed. Kings did that with their rings, different things that happened. There was a seal. And Paul's telling you and I, the Holy Spirit is a guarantee, a guarantee that we have a heritage that we're going to inherit these spiritual blessings. And as I said last week, a lot of these blessings will be when we get to heaven. Do you know during the thousand-year millennial reign, God could be using some of the stuff we left on the earth for those that are going to be here? And you and I are going to be overseeing some of that? That's kind of cool what God's going to do. I know we see all this terrible thing, all these terrible things that are going to happen in, in the tribulation. There are a lot of th things. I don't plan on being here. I hope I don't have to be here. But I don't dwell on it either because I know he'll walk me through whatever's going on. But we've been given a seal, Paul said, of the Holy Spirit. Well, what has the devil tried to do? He's going to come up with a mark, in his mind, a seal to mark those that are for the Antichrist. You see, the devil's always coming up with a counterfeit. Ours can't be taken, but he's going to put something, some type of mark, and people are always like, what's the mark of the beast? Oh, do you know what the mark of the beast is? What do you think the mark of the beast is? Is it my credit card? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I got this tattoo. Oh, could it be that? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. People are freaking out thinking, as a believer in Jesus Christ, hear me, as a born again, in tune with the Spirit, believer in Jesus Christ, walking through the Word, if you know Jesus, you're not going to take the mark. You're going to know that you know that you know that's not where I'm going. Come on. You're going to know that. But he's going to have this counterfeit mark called the mark of the beast. But listen, we're the salt of the earth. And the salt holds back the decay process, but once we're gone, watch out. Can I say that again? We're the light and the salt of the earth, but the salt stops the decaying process. The reason it's not worse than it is right now is because you and I are here. We're here. I was looking at the country of Nambia, Nambia? Namibia, is that it? Namibia, in Africa. And I thought, that might be a good place to live. 
It's dusty. It's dry. It's like the least populated country in the world. So I thought, I'm going to send Taylor and Adam there <laughs> and let them establish a compound. And we'll make sure Rachel and Sherry are taken care of because they're not going to go. Because <laughs> there's 30 deadly snakes there. But <laughs> can I tell you, I, you some of you heard this story. You got to hear this. We get a call from a woman that's attending the church about eight years ago. And she's like, we want you to come and pray over our house. And I'm like, well, I'm not coming by myself. I'll bring Pastor Adam. And we get to the house, and she goes, I just feel like weird things are going on. And we walk into the house, and I don't even see it, but Adam's like, what's in that glass case over there? I'm like, what glass? Right there. Then he's walking. There's one of those in every room. What, what's in those glass cases? She's like, snakes? I didn't realize Adam was so scared of snakes. He's like, he gets closer to me, just anoint and pray and let's go. And there were. This lady had snakes in every room. I'm like, that's weird. Oh, yeah, I'm getting to that. So we're praying and we're going through every room and we get to the second to the last room. And I'm not sure Adam's really praying. He may be praying for himself. But this is what he says. There's a, there's a big glass case there and the lid's off. Where's that snake? She goes, that one got out. And I look back and Adam is gone. He is out of that house in the car waiting on me. And I'm like, what the heck? I said, what'd you do? I'm not staying in a house where there's a snake loose. Just a short story, weird story. Who has a snake in every room? That's weird. Yeah, that's a strange one. But anyway, and I'm just kidding about sending them to Africa. Well, not Taylor. He needs to go. <laughs> but anyway, we have been sealed by the person of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.29, you can read that. 1 Corinthians 15.9. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church. But yet Paul goes on to say, but I was called. So don't let your past stop you from being sealed by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Look at uh, verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith. Man, here's two things that Paul says as an apostle that you need to make sure you have in your life. Two things he's thankful for. I am thankful for your faith, and I am thankful for your love of the brother. Oh, my goodness. We need to have faith in Christ, and we need to be loving one another. Amen? I am thankful for those two things. So point number two, what are two healthy signs of a healthy believer? They have faith, and they have love. They have faith and they have love. Well, what does that say? As believers in Christ, we're not focused on ourselves. We're focused on those around us. And in this world where everything is about me, 
That is a daily battle. Because the world wants you to look at you. Let's look at verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom. Ask for God to give you wisdom every day. And of revelation and the knowledge of him. Verse 18. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. My goodness there. God is so faithful. He's wanting us to understand. And then it goes on to talk about, according to the working, verse 19, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, that he might work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Look at point number three. Three points here of Paul's prayer for us. That we know the hope. What are the riches? And we know the greatness of his power. So when you're praying for yourself, Lord, help me to understand the hope. Help me to understand the riches of the kingdom. Help me to fully comprehend the greatness of the power. If you're that individual that God created and he had a purpose and a plan and Jesus came to die for you, there is hope, there are riches, and there is greatness in his power. And that's what Paul was praying for them. That they would walk that out. They would get that. Look at verse 20. And he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places. Verse 21. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. There's not another God that's going to take the place of Jesus. Above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as the head over all things to the church. All things are under his feet. I went to the enemy's camp, and I took back what he stole from me. You and I, every day, on this adventure with Christ, are to go around daily and remind the devil that he's defeated by producing good fruit. Come on. We are devil stompers. Because we are joint heirs in Christ. I'm not bragging. I'm not being arrogant. What I'm saying is, Jesus went on to heaven, gave us the Holy Spirit so that we could go around and be an image of him on the earth, doing the things that he did and greater things, reminding the devil that he is a defeated foe, but too many Christians are defeated. When God's saying to you, I'll take care of you if you're about my father's business. Can I say that again? Jesus is saying, I'll take care of you if you stay about my father's business. I'll take care of the business. I'll take care of those things that are going on in your family. I'll just stay focused. And in my timing, I'll take care of those things. Too many of us get so distracted on what we're going through 
And many times we miss what God wants us to help others get through. So true. So, Lord, help us to tap into the greater works of your glory. Open my eyes and my heart to see, do, and comprehend. And then that last part there, Paul is describing 20 through 23, describing the power that is ours because of the gift of Jesus Christ. That is so good. You talk to people, I'm so low, I couldn't get any lower. My wife left me, my dog won't speak to me, I'm so low. That's the next country song if you listen to that garbage. <laughs> my cat scratched me. The mice abandoned me. I'm so low. Come on. It's pathetic. I just need another tequila Sunday. I need whiskey to help. I'm like, oh my gosh. I don't even want to say the word that I think. When people are putting junk in and junk out, hello? What you put in produces garbage, and it will come out. Man, there's too much good stuff out there that God has given in the area of good gospel, Christian, contemporary music, different forms. I mean, Logan's in a band, and they're traveling. They're, now, Logan's music's not my kind of music, but I love his heart. And when, I, when I'm around that boy, and I see his post, and I see what he's saying about where he's at and what he's doing, and he loves Jesus, he's sold out to Jesus, I'm like, he's making an impact. And I'm excited about that. He's traveling the path that God wants him to path. If he could just get Sherry and Adam to give him a little more money, it would help him out. Maybe pay for the next album. But all I'm saying is, and then Adam told me one day, you know why I don't want that boy? Yeah. He's getting to live out what I always wanted to do. Well, you sinful wretch. <laughs> you David. Let Solomon go do it. And Adam in a good way saying that, not, not a bad way, you know. But I'm saying sometimes our great rewards are going to be in our children and our grandchildren as we see God use them. Because we've learned the bad stuff when we're saying, hey, let, take a new direction. Learn from what and where I messed up and how I messed up. So important that we get that. But don't get overcome by the enemy. Jesus said, you will do greater things, incredible things. Chapter 2, we're going to look at that next week, grace through faith. Grace through faith. So he gave us Jesus Christ. We have dominion in Christ, and he put the Holy Spirit here to guarantee, to guarantee, everybody say guarantee, that we are sealed. You and I are sealed in Christ. Man, that is good. Stand with me this morning.
I'm letting you out early. So you can go feed your flesh. And witness to somebody. You know, I'm always saying that, you know, go bless somebody. Before you leave this morning, just ask your neighbor, you know, where to be a blessing. Yes, yes. Are you a blessing? They're going to say, yes, yes, great. I'm asking you to bless me with a meal. (laughs) But be encouraged in the kingdom. I know the world is out there, and there's all kinds of stuff. Get busy about the kingdom. You won't have time to focus on that. God's not done, amen? He's still working in and through believers. And his purpose for you is bigger than you can imagine. So would you bow your heads this morning? Holy Spirit, I just pray for everybody watching, listening, those that are in attendance this morning. As Paul prayed, God, help them all to know the hope. Help them to understand what the riches are in you. And to know the greatness of your power, Jesus. Give them wisdom and revelation. In this present age and in the age to come, Lord, to be producers of fruit. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the meekness, the general, the faithfulness, God. Let them just be fruitful as they pour out and as they pray. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. I pray, God, as they pray for their spouse, their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, their great-great-grandchildren, and on and on. Lord, Shiloh and I pray for great-great-great-great-grandchildren. Should you tarry, we pray, God, that they will be sold out to you. And they will do more than we could ever imagine doing. Holy Spirit, if there's anybody here this morning that's not sealed in Christ because they've not accepted, we invite you to come and just tug on their heart right now as believers that they will make a commitment to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. With your heads bowed, believers are praying. Maybe you're watching by live stream this morning or you're here. You say, Owen, I don't know Jesus. I'm not really living for him. Would you remember me in this prayer? Because I want to be. I want to be that person that God has called to make a difference. Nobody look around. Would you just lift your hand up and take it back down and say, that's me this morning? I don't want to miss you. Don't want to miss you. Just going to wait a moment. Not to embarrass you. I won't even bring you forward this morning. But you're like, just remember me in prayer, Owen. That's me. Just lift your hand up real high so I can see it. Yes. Don't want to miss anybody. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Remember me. A couple hands have gone up. Don't want to miss anybody. Remember me this morning. I got a chance to pray for a young man before service, and he lifted his hand already. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, God loves him so much. (laughs) Those people that have been your thorn in your flesh, he loves them so much. Can you see that, that he's really wanting you to love them like he loved them? 
Anybody else remember me, Owen? I, I would just want to sell out to Jesus today. Don't want to miss you. Just take it up and put it back down. I want everybody to say this prayer with me. Even if you didn't lift your hand and you know you're supposed to do this, I want you to just say this. The Bible says believe and receive. Taylor, we'll be up here after service. If you'd like a Bible, some information, we'll pray with you. Those that lifted their hand, those that didn't. But I want everybody to say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming, for living, being an example. You're the Son of God. You died for me, and you rose from the grave. Forgive me of my sins. I want you to be Lord of my life. I receive your forgiveness. I'm born again. I am a new creation in you. Give me wisdom. Give me revelation. Give me a hunger for your word so that I may grow. Help me to fellowship with believers. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I just pray for those that lifted their hand, those that didn't. Heaven's rejoicing. Lord, we, we sometimes just take this as a routine, a routine, but God, this is the most important thing a person will ever do is give their life to you. Thank you, Jesus, for drawing them in today for those commitments. Now, God, just fill them full of the Holy Spirit and let them go out and make a difference. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord. If you'd like to support the ministry at Church Alive, there are three easy ways for you to give. You can give at www.churchalivewc.org. Click the giving button in the top of the menu. Then you will scroll to the giving page. And there you will choose a designation. Then type in the amount you'd like to give. You can choose to give to another fund by clicking the Add a Donation button. Leave a comment or make your gift reoccurring by clicking in the box. Then you will click whether you want to give by a card or your bank account. Enter your information and check the amount you want to give, then click the Submit button. You can also give through the Church Alive app that can be found in your phone's app store. Once you've downloaded the app, click on the Church Alive app, click the giving button, and then click continue on the next page. You'll be taken to the app's giving page. From there, follow the instructions for giving online. If you'd like to send a check, the address is Church Alive Worship Center at 2401 South 100 West, Lafayette, Indiana, 47909. We want to thank you for being part of the Church Life family, and we pray that God will bless you.